Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Good evening, church. We are carrying on in Proverbs tonight. Proverbs chapter 1. Carrying on where Mark left us last week. Proverbs 1 verse 20 to 33. The call of wisdom, the cry of wisdom. Verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refused to listen. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me. But I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever, whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Let us pray. Oh Lord, this is your word. I pray may it prevail unto our hearts this evening. You know our sin, our struggles, our stubbornness. May the truth of your word ring true in our ears and our hearts this evening. Speak through me, speak in spite of me. Speak clearly, I pray, in your name. Amen. Consider with me the first two verses of our passage this evening. Verse 20, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. Verse 21, at the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Now, before we we consider the cry of wisdom and the content of the cry of wisdom, let's appreciate the scene for a moment. 
By setting the scene, what, what do you think is Solomon trying to communicate about wisdom? The nature of wisdom? Our relationship to wisdom? How, how do we actually acquire wisdom? Here's a question. Does, does the scene communicate the ease of the pursuit of wisdom? Is it easy? Or is it communicating the complexity of pursuing wisdom? Is it hard? It is a chaotic scene. The busiest parts of the city, in the street, in the marketplace, at the city gate. It is a loud scene. You cannot whisper and expect to be heard. No, wisdom raises her voice in an attempt to be heard. Note, it is not in the palace. It is not for the nobles and the elite. It is not in the court of law for the judges. It is not in the universities for those who are learned in wisdom and philosophy. It is not spoken by some guru in a distant land. It is at the street corner. The wisdom of God is constantly seeking to be heard. In the midst of the chaos, it raises its voice. It is not withheld from us. It is not far off. Such is the simplicity of it that James asks, do you lack wisdom? Ask for it. God gives abundantly to those who would ask. That's the easy part. God is faithful. If you ask, he will grant you wisdom. What's the hard part? The wisdom of God is not the only voice. It's not the only one crying out for our attention. There are many voices. This is the complexity of it. This is true, firstly, for the unbeliever, the seeker. Recently, in one of the, the youth meetings, someone asks, someone asked, there are all these options. There is the Muslim God. There are the Hindi gods. There are the ancestors. There's all the spirituality going around. There's even the atheist who thinks there is no God. What's so special about the Christian God? Why should I believe in him and not them? And so the unbeliever hears many voices. What about the believer? The churchgoer, the Christian? Is it one voice that they hear? Someone commented to me just this week the complexity of being a Christian. We show up for church once a week, for an hour, once, sometimes twice a week. And the church and the preacher and the fellowship, all of these things, they give you some godly input, and then you leave. And for every hour you spend at church, you spend 50 hours elsewhere. You go to school, you go to university, you go to work. You sit with your friends, you put on the news, you open your phone. So many angles on life, so many voices competing for your attention. If you are not careful, this is the complexity of it. The voice of wisdom will be drowned out. Appreciate with me that this scene of godly wisdom is not the absence of choice. It is making the right choice. Making the godly choice, the one godly choice amongst many ungodly choices. It is a chaotic scene. It is loud. It is competitive. 
There are many forces at work, but only one of them is worth listening to and pursuing. Are you, am I, listening to the right one? And so the voice of wisdom speaks. Verse 22 and 23, How long, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. What is, what is this cry of wisdom? The cry of wisdom is firstly opportunity. Opportunity for the simple. Opportunity for the scoffer, for the fool. Turn and behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I'll make known my words to you. Turn. It's an invitation, wisdom. Unlike last week where sinners whisper and entice and lie in wait and plot evil and it's shrouded in deceit and shame and secrecy. Unlike that, wisdom raises her voice. Turn. Opportunity for the sinner. Repent. I'm happy. I'm happy for those of you who are great in intellect. The doctor, the mathematician, the physicist, even better, the astrophysicist. I'm happy, and I know people in this church, you see something of God in those things, and the intricacies and the beauty of it. And you find those things have deepened your faith. I'm happy. But the challenge in these verses, the way of wisdom... The way to God. How does sinful man cross the great divide and be reconciled with God? How does sinful man be reconciled with a holy God? How in the world do these two things connect? This is not an intellectual problem. It is a moral problem. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? How long, O simple ones? How long, O you who are naive? But you are self-aware of your naivety and you love it. I don't know enough about God to make an informed decision. And so the creature hides behind ignorance while the creator knocks at his door. You are a fool. You are a fool. This is just an example, don't shoot me, but a conversation that I've had more times than I would care for is predestination. So someone would come to me, I can't wrap my head around predestination. And so I'm a bit hesitant on this God. I, I don't understand the doctrine. And let me, let me just stand back and make sure God ticks all my boxes before I commit to this God. Who do you think you are? <laughs> your problem is not intellectual. It is not predestination. Your problem is you are a sinner. That is a moral problem. And I've spent enough time playing with kids to understand that even a two-year-old can tell you about goodies and baddies. <laughs> the goodies chase the baddies, and they put them in prison. It's that simple. And, and, and the good God 
the good God in his mercy, in his wisdom. Jesus Christ crucified the wisdom of God. He is chasing you. He is giving you opportunity to repent, to turn, if you turn at my reproof. If you turn. How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing? How long will you smugly, proudly strut about, waving your degrees and philosophies and your feeble achievements and say, I am too smart for God. Look at my achievements. Look at my rags-to-riches story. I built my business, my empire. I did this. This is my blood, my sweat, my tears. I, 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 mine, mine, mine. And you delight in it. You mock those. (laughs) You mock those who give credit to God, who believe in God, who go to church. Proudly you post on Instagram, I did this. Proudly you post on TikTok or you make videos on TikTok, I did this. It was me. Proudly, proudly you post your sin online and you act like you're not accountable. And you try to prove to the rest of the world that you're not accountable. Proudly, arrogantly, foolishly, the fool hates knowledge. For the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And then you add an M something or PhD something to your email. And you think that somehow gives meaning to your existence. You are chasing the world. You are destroying your life. None of these things can make your pitiful, lonely existence any better. Because none of them make you right with God. Good? Goody? (laughs) Bad. Baddie. But if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. And so the fool here, the fool in these verses, he is not stupid. He is not lacking intellectually. He doesn't have a low IQ. He's a fool because he's lacking morally. But he's too blind to see it. And so he hides behind his blindness. He rejoices in it. He loves it. In his eyes, God is made up. And all those who care to follow God, they are idiots. He is lost. He hides behind intellect, but he is lost. Unbeliever, (laughs) do not live life hoping that someday you will end up with some intellectual proof or philosophy that will show you which God to follow or which Spiritual enlightenment will help you along your way. That is not the challenge in these verses. This is the challenge. Turn to God now. And if you turn, He is faithful. He is just in the person of Jesus and in His death and in His resurrection. Your sins are forgiven. This is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God. And then, this is jumping ahead a bit, but verse 33 If you do so, you shall dwell secure and you will be at ease without dread or disaster. The wisdom 
of God. It is opportunity. Opportunity for the simple, the scoffer, the fool, the sinner to repent and believe and be saved. She raises her voice. Repent, believe, be saved. It is opportunity for the lost. Wisdom presents opportunity, but also verse 24 to 33. The cry of wisdom, it has the last laugh. <laughs> it prevails. It prevails. Listen, listen in these verses. I'm going to read them in a minute. Listen in these verses to how God prevails against man. How the eternal prevails against the finite and the fragile. How the truth of God is not altered by your rejection of it. How the wisdom of God stands from eternity to eternity and it does not depend on whether I like it or whether I agree with it. Yes, those things have consequence for my life. But God, God stands independent of puny little Daniel. Puny little me and puny little you. Listen, verse 24 to 33. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also, <laughs> I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way, and have their full of their own devices, for the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever, whoever listens to me will dwell secure and be at ease without dread of disaster. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, it offers opportunity in the present, but the opportunity expires. Hear, my son, this is early in the chapter, hear, my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Turn to God in the present. And if, if your heart be not moved by the willingness of God to stoop unto his creation, to send his son to die for your sins, if your heart be not moved by that, then may your heart be moved by the fear of God. Look at what God does to those who reject him. May it shake you. May it keep you up at night. May you feel the weight of eternal dread. May you feel the futility of storing up riches on earth. My son, be warned, be wary. It is an illusion. And it is a fatal illusion to think you can prevail against God. Consider that though you mock God today, Though you laugh today at the thoughts of God, you are temporary. God is eternal. 
He who loves last, loves best. And long after your laughter has died down, and our gray hair and our faces wrinkled and our bones brittle, long after we have perished like the grass in the field, here today and gone tomorrow, long after you have written your blog posts or your books about how much you hate God, mocking those who believe in God, long after that, long after your books have been forgotten and have burnt, God will still prevail. The emphasis here is not a petty God who is just waiting for someone to perish and he delights in torturing people. Some people go play golf. God is around looking for people to punish. (laughs) No, that's not the point. God is just. He is good. He is righteous. He shouldn't. He actually shouldn't. It doesn't quite add up. But such is his love for you that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. God has gone to great lengths that his wisdom might be heard and that you would repent and believe. And the wisdom of God raises her voice, but you will not listen. You will not listen. And then when the day of trouble comes, when the storm comes, when terror strikes at your soul, when calamity comes like a whirlwind and distress, distress and anguish come upon you, when you stand before the eternal throne and you have to give an account for your life, then, then you will know your need for God. Then you will call on Him, but you will receive no answer. Then you will seek Him, and He shall not be found. It's like, it's like turning up for an exam you didn't study for. And that's happened to me quite a few times in life. And you, you try to suck a few answers out of your thumb. But a few questions in, you, you realize you've never seen this question before. It wasn't in the textbook that you never opened. And you have no memory of hearing this from the class that you never went to. And it's as if, it's as if the exam paper is mocking you. <laughs> the words are laughing at you, and then, and then you look at the clock, and only 20 minutes have passed by, and the clock is laughing at you. <laughs> and you're too ashamed to stand up and walk out 20 minutes into a three-hour exam. So you just sit there drawing stick figures. You thought, you thought you were cool. (laughs) You laughed at the people who studied in the library late at night. Look at you now. It is possible in that scenario, it's possible that you might go and plead with your lecturer. And maybe, maybe if they are kind, they'll let you write a supplementary exam. But unfortunately, there is no supplementary exam for heaven. (laughs) You have one shot. You have one shot, and every day of life, you are living that shot away. Wisdom pleads for you in the present. Turn to God while you can. 
because the consequences of rejecting God are dire. This is not a comedy. It's a tragedy. (laughs) But it is comical when puny, futile man laughs in the face of his creator and thinks he can win. He is so small and God is so big. It is foolishness. And wisdom, wisdom has a last laugh when foolishness falls flat on its face. You hated knowledge. You did not choose to fear the Lord. You would not heed wisdom's counsel. You despised reproof. Verse 31, Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have the fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. The image that came to my mind was the fat kid in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Augustus Kloop. He eats chocolate. He eats so much chocolate that he gets obese. And he gets so obese that his obesity becomes newsworthy. And then his mother gets excited that her son is getting some media attention, and so she feeds him more chocolate. And finally... Finally, he falls in the chocolate river and gets stuck in a pipe. He shouldn't have listened to his mother. That was the wrong voice. He should have rather listened to his gym teacher. (laughs) But he, he was the architect of his own demise. Every chocolate he ate compounded his fate. He had his fill, and his fill betrayed him. Be wary. Be wary of the day when you get what you want. Be wary of the day when you are handed over to your sinful ways. Be wary, for you will find out you were a willful architect of your own destruction. Verse 33. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. How, how do we make sense of this verse? It's clear, it's clear this is about those who fear God. This is about the Christian. But when those, when those exam results come back and you've failed and it feels like you've lost a year because you have to repeat, when you lose your job or you can't find a job, when your relationship doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, when you get your medical report back and you find out you might not live as long as you wanted to, when the time comes for someone close to you to meet their maker, how, how do we dwell? How do we dwell secure and be at ease in these situations? How do we get rid of this dreadful sinking feeling that my life is amounting to nothing and God has forgotten me? I think part of it, part of it at least, is the nature of wisdom. What what do we expect 
from the promise that God will grant us wisdom, that his spirit will be upon us, that he will make his words known to us. What, what is it that you expect from that? Is it some matrix moment? <laughs> Everything suddenly makes sense? Is it being able to explain predestination? Is it being able to explain why we suffer? Why, why are there poor people? Why the war? Why did she die? Why did Eve eat that apple? <laughs> wisdom is not having all the answers. And wisdom is not, it's not either having a vision about what career to choose and who to marry and what name to give your children. Of course the Bible has something to say about those things. And of course, by the grace of God, through his word, he does guide us through this life. But the point of God giving us wisdom is not so that we can know everything. His wisdom is infinite. We cannot even fathom it. What is the beginning of wisdom? It is to fear God. What reason do I have to be at ease in the midst of life's troubles? God is God, I am man. And I live as man every day in dependence on God. And so the troubles of life, they come like the waves of the ocean. And though, though they might toss me, they break meaninglessly upon the rock which I stand. That is the promises of God. He, he knows my days. He knows my days. He holds me in his hand. He knows my tossings and my turnings. He, he has my tears. He has not forgotten me. This is God's wisdom. Not to make man all-knowing and all-wise, but that man may know the futility of his ways. And so look, upon God, not once, not twice, but daily, daily, picking up your cross and following him. The wisest man in God's eyes is not he who knows it all and makes all the right decisions and knows all the verses. No, the wise is he who depends most on God, who listens, who listens to his rebuke who heeds his counsel, who trusts his word, not just, not just for this life, but for the life eternal, the life to come. This is wisdom, to fear God. Know your place. He is creator. You are his created. Fear him. Repent. Look upon Jesus. And you need not live in dread, for your destiny is secure in his hand. Do you believe this? Does, does this ring true in your ears? Do you feel how small and futile your ideas and opinions and wisdom is? Turn, oh you simple, oh you scoffer, oh you foolish. Heed God's reproof. Hear his wisdom proclaimed here tonight. Heed it. Heed it and he shall pour his spirit upon you. Heed it, and he shall make known his words to you. Hear the call of God in the present. 
in the present while the sun still shines. For soon, soon the sun shall set on your life and my life. And the opportunity for wisdom will be gone. He, he that hath ears, let him hear. Let us pray. Oh Lord, I, I confess, I so often feel tossed about. <laughs> so often I feel lacking in faith and trusting you. So I pray this for myself. I pray this for all those here tonight. Teach us your wisdom to rely on you day by day. For the, the unsaved amongst us, for the unbeliever. Oh Lord, may the futility of their ways be evident to them this evening. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.